Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. I had to read it slow to make sure I got every single syllable out right because for the last two months I've been doing nothing but messing up the rocket mortgage read and I can't do it any longer. And the words of Ric Flair to the ladies in the studio, while Tony Schiavone was standing next to him, he says, ladies, girls, I can't stand it. And I couldn't stand it any longer. And it's a good afternoon to you, America. We talked about the Browns and whether or not that they're going to be actual contenders in 2019s. It was a split decision by a lot of people. We talked about whether or not the Giants should tear things down and actually go through with a tank, whether or not the Dolphins should do the same. We got still people in on that, but I got something I got to get off my chest. If you know me, you know I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. I've enjoyed his play. I enjoy his tenacity. I love his story. I am a fan of him. I cannot stand it. I don't care what you say about how realistic his triple-doubles are. I don't care what you have to say about his overall tenor or whether or not that Kevin Durant was the one who was right. Where Kevin Durant is the one who does have two championships and two finals MVPs. And yes, if Kevin Durant is smart, he'll stay in Golden State. That take coming up at another day. Got to come to the defense of Russell Westbrook. This was after his game on Wednesday, after the altercation that went down in Utah on Monday. Hit it. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since the, it was announced that the Jazz banned that band for life. What's talk about tonight's game? You can do it. If not, enjoy your night. Russell Westbrook didn't want to talk about it. Did not want to have anything to do with it. For Russ, and I know a couple of days ago he says, you know, I like to mix it up with the crowd. Can we not understand that there is a line, no matter what a guy says with the crowd? Can we not get that? That, yeah, there there is always going to be some fun and give and take. And, And I remember when I was young, and there's always a story. You go to a baseball game, there's a guy standing in right field, you try to get his attention, you try to have fun. I do it. I've done it in minor league games. I've done it in minor league games while a host right here at CBS Sports Radio. I love to do it. I actually got into it with a pitching coach once. You find out, you have a little bit of fun, you have a couple of pops. We're down in Myrtle Beach. They're playing the Lynchburg Hillcats. Pitchers out there getting a little bit worked up. We're trying to we're trying to get in, get the old bio out on the Wikipedia. Don't get too personal. Leave the mothers out of it. Try to have some fun. See who's going to be down there, who's catching. See if we can say something. 
I don't think Tom actually knows the story. I'll tell this. All of a sudden, the pitching coach comes out. I know his name. I'm not going to say his name. He looks up to us. I go, oh, boy. Looks over goes, hey, you, you pop it off? I says, no. He goes, yeah, you. I think you were the one popping off. Did you shut up and watch the game? And for whatever reason, it came over me. And again, I was a couple of drinks in. Hey, why don't you worry about your pitcher who's about to get blown up and stop worrying about drunks in the stands? Usher came down. He said, you didn't cuss. I'm not going to throw you out of here. I said, absolutely. There's a line. Cursing's a line. You can have fun, but you have to understand that there's a line. And for the rest of the game, hey, I was quiet. Got to be quiet. Had some fun. Just got to be quiet. Ended up talking to the kid who was playing right field. Ended up knowing who that kid is. Hopefully he's going to have a nice 2019 season in Major League Baseball now. You try to have some fun. But there's always going to be a line. And just because you have an expensive seat doesn't give you a license to be a dumbass. Dumbass. And there's always going to be a line where a player who doesn't know who you are and he's the superstar, is always going to be above you. It's just what it is. You came to watch him. He didn't come to watch you. And so for the Shane Kiesel guy, and the name needs to be said, because if I know who Russell Westbrook is, and I can go after Russell Westbrook and say that he bothers me for this, that, and the other, and be critical of him, and say that Durant got the best of him, and say that Oklahoma City's worse off with him than they would have been with Kevin Durant, as if that take needs anything. But if I'm going to say that, and I'm going to use Russell Westbrook's name, if this is a guy who was cursing and saying slurs at Russell Westbrook, which obviously, according to his Twitter, when he got milkshake duck, it would have to believe that he did... I'm going to use his name. So for Shane Kiesel, the guy who got kicked out of the state or kicked out of the arena for the rest of his life, and I need to know his name, it's just a simple license of what's acceptable and what's not, especially now because we are more on edge as a society. Now, I will say it's been years since I had fun in Myrtle Beach. It's been years since I've had fun like that at a ball game. Getting Johnny Damon's attention, Getting other guys' attention the best you Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, trying to get him to look up, trying to get him to see something when you're up there in the stands, trying to do that. It's been years. I'll admit that. And I think our society has changed. We're more on edge than we've ever been before, rightfully so. We're more nervous than we've ever been before, rightfully so, about our scenarios. And I think for a guy like Russell Westbrook and for the fans, the situation has changed. And there's no wall in basketball. A wall separates us from the field in football, most of the time in soccer, all the time in baseball. There's no wall that separates you in the NBA. So you're right there, possibly in contact. Ron Artest taught us that he can certainly come up there and get you if he really wanted to. A lot of other guys could. So what it comes down to now in 2019 is that while I was a goofball and a loudmouth myself back in the early 2010s, I can't necessarily afford to be that way now in 2019. Also, that the enjoyment of other people are also in my stance. Just because I spent a lot of money doesn't mean I can make an ass out of myself because then I am also trying to take away from the enjoyment of the other people who spent a lot of money. If Tom disagrees with me or Billy Jack disagrees with me, you go right on ahead. But what it comes down to now is that in our society, if we're more nervous than we've ever been before, if we're more connected than we've ever been before, we're this guy who would have been a no-namer and would have just gotten kicked out of the arena 20 years ago and we would have never heard who he was, we never would have talked about who he was, now gets milkshake ducked, you find out exactly who he is, you find out the terrible things that he has said of Russell Westbrook in the past on social media, you find out where he lives, you find out where he works, you find out all the background information, and you're about to find out the guy who got thrown out with him because he was saying some other racially charged things at Russell Westbrook. 
We need to be more responsible. And so what it comes down to is this. I think booing is perfectly acceptable. I think cheering is personally acceptable. I think that encouragement is acceptable, and that's about it. Because the NBA is going to protect the brand. There was a time where if you went to the opposing place, they're taking care of their players. They're taking care of their fans. If you're one of the visitors, you're just going to have to deal with it. You go into the garden, you're going to have to deal with what the garden comes with you at. You go into the Great Western Forum, you deal with those folks, you're going to have to deal with that. Indiana could be a tough place to play back in the early 90s. you got to have to deal with that. Now, they're going to protect all their players. It's all about the brand. It's all about protecting themselves, making them look better, because they want to make sure that it's an inviting place for fans at every single arena that they're at. All 30, they have good, fan-friendly atmospheres, and you're kicking lots like Shane Kiesel out of the arena for life. It's the same thing that what the NFL will do once somebody gets hurt in the Bills Mafia. It's the same thing what the NFL is trying to do because every single Monday we see a video on busted coverage or we see a video on TMZ of some goofball getting in a fight in the men's room. The times are a-changing. Sometimes it's fun to have the home field, home court advantage, home ice advantage. It's a fun thing to do that but we have to compart ourselves a little bit better than what we have been in the past. 855-2124-CBS. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, in just over a half hour. Up next, five burning questions. Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. It's time. Feel that hate. It's time for five burning questions. Hit it! What's up, Ken? We will start with Le'Veon Bell, the newest member of the New York Jets, who finally ended his long, dramatic contract holdout saga by signing with his supposedly favorite childhood team in the Jets. His favorite childhood player was Curtis Martin. Uh, He did not get more money than Todd Gurley, and many believe that he gained basically nothing through his season-long holdout. So, Ken, should the Jets really be considered the biggest winners in all of this drama? Well, yeah, they signed a pretty good running back, right? What's the matter with that? I don't understand the problem. There is no problem. It looks like the Jets actually won one here. Yeah, the Jets are – it's okay. I know you're a Jets fan, Tom, and you're down on everything. And I know that Anthony Barr decided to go back to Minnesota. Hey, I think Sam Darnold's a pretty good quarterback, right? Right, and this seems like a great combination running back with Sam Darnold. He can block. He can catch balls out of the backfield. He can be, when healthy, a workhorse. Yeah. It seems perfect. So you piece together the offensive line again. The defense will come back to fruition at some point. At least you have a base with Sam Darnold. You have a head coach that looks like a space Martian, but you can't deal with any of that. So I think from from right now, you have a good base. You're building better than the Giants are. The Giants just have a dartboard at the end of the hallway. They're not even standing close, and they're just whipping darts down there and seeing what sticks. And it happened to land on Odell Beckham Jr., and now I got people sending me clips of people of Giants fans calling up WFAN saying that they're going to be fine because they have Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman cares about one thing, his shoe collection. He don't care about playing football. But anyway, we weren't talking about them. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell. I guess I'm supposed to take some enjoyment out of this, Tom, because there was a lot of people lining up to call me an idiot. And then I was getting called other things because I said that Le'Veon Bell is hurting himself. You're not going to make that money back up. And he didn't make that money back up. Odell Beckham Jr., I was looking at this, and I'm just thinking about this while I was watching some highlights on ESPN earlier this week. Odell Beckham Jr. does head and shoulders commercials. He's in the national spotlight. 
I think he has the most followers on Instagram than any football player. I think he might even have more than Tom Brady. I'm not sure about that. But one of the highest follows of Instagram. He's a very well-liked guy, or at least an interesting person, in the national spotlight. So if Odell Beckham Jr. wants to go make more money by doing commercials, he can go do that. Le'Veon Bell, have I seen Le'Veon Bell in any commercials? Antonio Brown was in, in, it was in Pepsi commercials. That's one of the major soft drinks in America. That's a big, big thing. That was slash Pepsi slash NFL. Antonio Brown was in those commercials. What have I seen Le'Veon Bell in? Can you guys think of something off the top of your head? I can't. So, no. uh, Billy Jack, anything? Am nope. I missing? Nope. Okay. Like, maybe he was in a Mrs. T. Pierogi's commercial in Pittsburgh? I, I don't know. So I'm going to have to go ahead and say that, yeah, you, you missed out on the 14 and a half. I know that Michael David Smith wrote a really well-reasoned thing. It still went back to the case of you're not getting that 14 and a half back. And I know Nick Wright said something about an insurance policy. Can you take insurance policies for not going to work? I guess that's what Aflac's for, but you still had to pay into that insurance policy, didn't you? It just doesn't make any sense. Next. The Phillies had an injury scare just a couple days ago when new superstar Bryce Harper took a foul <gasps> off the ankle. Oh, God. News this morning, however, confirms the x-rays were negative. Harper is expected to be fine for opening day. Clayton, so he's not out He's not out for 13 years? He is not out for 13 years. Okay, they'll uh, be fine. Clayton Kershaw, however, the Dodgers, of course, star ace pitcher, is not expected to be ready for opening day. Which specific player injury in all of Major League Baseball, Ken, do you think would be the most damaging for the league right now? Oh, jeez. It would have to be Bryce Harper, wouldn't it? If he was out for any spe- uh, specific amount of time? Who am yeah. I thinking of when it comes to megastars? People want to see him in Philly. They want to see him play. Aaron Judge would be a big one, but it's still the Yankees. Yeah, Can I'm not you sure think Mookie of another one? Betts would have that, or, or Trout would have that kind of impact. People could pick Mookie is. Betts. I think you can go to almost any American city that's not L.A. and put Mike Trout in the middle of it, and they'll think he's a football player. Uh, Mookie Betts, probably the same thing. Uh, sad to say, but true. And I will get to that coming up in the 1 o'clock hour because I have a way to make baseball great again. Tom, did you see that? Real quick, yes or no, do you agree with me? Uh, Generally, it's more complicated than that, but generally, yes. It's yeah. usually how it is, isn't it? Usually well, we'll agree see. with the caveat. Yeah, but at the first when you hear it, you think I'm an idiot, and then I explain it to you, and then you're like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. I'm pretty good at talking you into bad ideas. Next. It's quite a skill. As we talked about earlier, the only two <laughs> rostered quarterbacks remaining on the Dolphins are Jake Rudock and Luke Falk after Miami traded longtime starter Ryan Tannehill to the Tennessee Titans this week. Obviously, mm. neither Rudock nor Falk will be the team's plan A heading into 2019. So, Ken, who should the Dolphins quarterback be next season? Oh, what's J.P. Lossman doing right now? <laughs> uh, he's not interested. <laughs> I he looks like good, Luke... apparently, but he doesn't want, want the job. Have you seen Major League, the movie? Yes, of course. I felt like Lou Brown. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? This is your chance to play football in the NFL. Why don't you let me think about it, will you, Charlie? I got a guy on the other line about some white walls. I'll talk to you <laughs> later. Uh, well, I, you can go after Josh Rosen if you really want to. I question that. We had a couple people who wanted to get in on it. We, just, we kept going with everything else in the show. But it, if you really like Josh Rosen that much... Maybe you could get him for a second-round pick. But then I think you're still... I think Josh Rosen... Josh Rosen's almost in a no-man land. Let me explain this. He could be good, which would be great. I have nothing against Josh Rosen. 
or he could be terrible, which means you've just wasted a pick on him, or he could be, and this is probably the worst, he could be good enough to fool you. Meaning that, hey, 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 look at this season. With some coaching, they were a little bit better. He could be pretty good. And then in three years, he ends up just sucking up the room. I've I've always made this comparison with Blake Bortles and Johnny Manziel. Blake Bortles, even though he went to an AFC championship game, I believe, Blake Bortles was worse for Jacksonville than what Johnny Manziel was to Cleveland. Because Johnny Manziel was in and out in two years and gone. And while he was there, he, he wrecked himself and he was an embarrassment but you knew that he wasn't good and he was gone. They stuck with Blake Bortles for an inordinate amount of time. They tried to force it for a long time. He became a problem to that football team because he just couldn't get him over the hump. If they had a better quarterback, they could have been a Super Bowl team. They weren't. He won a game. He won a big playoff game in Pittsburgh. He did do that, so I'll give him that credit. But other than that, he was always thought of as a replaceable quarterback with the exception of one good run at the end of two years ago. Other than that, it's always been a guess and it's always been a problem. But because he did the right things and he tried to do the right things, it makes you believe for too long. Now, Jacksonville's going back to the drawing board. They'll get Nick Foles. Nick Foles could go right back to being Nick Foles and not being the type of quarterback that he was in Philadelphia. So it's a gamble. And so for you, are you willing to bring in a Josh Rosen, let him play well enough to fool you, and think that you're not going to go after these guys. Or, and if, especially if he plays well enough, you're going to find yourself in a position where it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to trade up. You can't give up everything because you still need other pieces for that rookie quarterback. And you might be even more in a purgatory where you're not high enough in the draft to draft Tagovailoa, to draft Herbert, or Fromm, who's coming out in the draft. So it's a very difficult situation. So for Josh Rosen, he's in a spot where he they don't seem to want him in Arizona, and the other place that he might get sent to, those are places that he might not still have a future in, which is a horrible position for a kid who's just in his second year to be in. Next. The Kansas City Chiefs appear to be falling apart after being oh so close to a Super Bowl appearance this past year. They lost their two big edge rushers after releasing Justin Houston and trading D. Ford. They released emotional defensive leader Eric Berry, and now the future of Tyreek Hill is very much in doubt a year after, of course, losing Kareem Hunt. Is Patrick Mahomes the only reason and enough of a reason to still consider the Chiefs a legitimate AFC contender? Oh, I think so. I think that I saw enough out of him, and maybe I'm going to be told I'm wrong by some people in the AFC West. I bet some Chiefs fans would agree. I think I saw enough out of him. I think he can make some weapons out of a lot of different guys. I, I think that he, the, the type of talent that he has, I question it. I, I question Texas Tech's. I, I question Cliff Kingsbury. I questioned them going up for him, the whole thing. I wondered, man, it's after it's one game in week 17. You're playing against a suck-ass football team at the end of the year. I didn't know about him going into the 2018 season. Boy, was I dead wrong. Patrick Mahomes was great. You would still have, if you don't have Tyreek Hill, which, by the way, can people get this out of their head about Tyreek Hill going to any other team? I've been getting questions about other teams, including the Browns. If Tyreek Hill is guilty of this, you know he's going to jail, right? Tom, I, maybe I was expecting too much out of people. They know he's going to prison. No, I think that was your mistake. I'm sorry. We're talking about he, the kid has a broken arm, right? Yeah. So if a child has a broken arm and he's the father of the child or he's supposed to be the the guardian of the child, he's going to jail. So there's no playing for your favorite football team. He's in prison. Okay, now we'll move on. So if Tyree Kill is guilty of this, you take him away. You still have a draft. 
You'll still have what? You still have Semi Watkins. You still have Travis Kelsey. You just got no defense. You got very well. You're going to have to revamp the defense, okay? But he's going to be able. I think he can still keep him above water. I really like their offensive line. Cam Irving, I can't believe he's actually become a good p- football player in the NFL, but he's been pretty good. You'll get the Canadian doctor back. Mitchell Schwartz is still over at right tackle. He'll be able to protect him. If if Patrick Mahomes is exactly what we think he is, which it looks like he should be with some of the plays that he was able to make, I don't know if they'll be as potent as they were last year. I can't say that, but I still think they could be very, very good and one of the top threats in the AFC with them, the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Browns. Next. All right, we'll end with Kevin Durant attempting to explain the use of uh, burner accounts in the ESPN show The Boardroom this week, saying that he only got into it because of, quote, uh, I wasn't used to that amount of attention from playing basketball. I wanted a place where I could talk to my friends without anybody butting in on my conversations or mixing my words or taking everything out of context because I enjoyed that place. And quote. Do you buy it? Why don't you get a group text going? Yeah, exactly. Why do they have to use social? I don't understand. Why did these guys even have to use social media? That's the worst excuse for that I've ever heard in my life. That's what group texts are for. That's what group phone calls are for, conference calls. That's why you do that. You, you get on Twitter under fake names to do that? Strange. What the hell kind of reasoning is this? We give some of these guys their own TV shows and we think that that's going to make them better. That's the dumbest answer I've ever heard in my life. So you want privacy, so you got on social media. Good God. Is that five burning questions? That was five burning questions. Just had a log jam in my head with that stupidity. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, Jerry Palm. He's not stupid. He's very, very smart. He knows about bracketology. He knows about college basketball. He knows about Zion Williamson. Wild pack coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Send the tweet. Send him hot at Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. Tonight, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, CBS Sports Network. It's the Air Force Reserve Conference USA Championship game as two teams leave it all on the line for a ticket to the big dance. It's bracket week on the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. Fantastic stuff. Conference basketball championship starting to get played. A lot of bracketology down. Let's get to it with Jerry Palm at JP Palm CBS on Twitter of CBS Sports. Jerry, thanks for joining us this afternoon, my friend. How are you doing? Of the of the things that you cover, where does college basketball fit? Well, I cover college basketball and college football primarily. Uh, college basketball, I mean, college football is a more popular sport, and I really enjoy college football. But college basketball involves so many more teams there's so many more dynamics the college football playoff is four teams you have a pretty good idea who those teams are going to be you know long before the season starts you know the pool of teams is pretty small when you're talking about you know college basketball in the NCAA tournament you're talking about one seeds. you're talking about you know the large number of teams that are just hoping to get in and and days like today are fantastic because so many teams are going to have uh, their hopes realized today Jerry Palm joining us on the show. I, well, real quick, I found myself watching more college basketball this year than I have since I was in high school. 
And that was that was a bit ago. It wasn't that long ago, but that was a bit ago. How good do you think this year's been for college basketball? Some of the stars that we've promoted and talked about, because it's been getting a bad name for the last couple of years. That might bother you, but that's the way some people have perceived it. What do you think 2019's done for for the game? Well, I think you know we've had some really good stories. Obviously, you've still got some of the off-field issues that have been lingering since oh the federal investigation broke about a year or so ago, uh, and then now you know there's the, the scandal at LSU. Uh, that's just it seems to just keep coming but we've had so much good stuff on the court I mean the emergence of of Zion Williamson as uh, just a next level star Uh, an athlete and a talent that we have trouble coming up with comparisons for because you don't find guys that big that athletic and that talented uh, you know just in the recent history of our game and I mean, we can find, we can all come up with people who check two of those boxes. We have a hard time coming up with people who check three. Uh, and so his story has, uh, in, in many ways, transcended uh, what's going on. But you, there's always great stories in college basketball. But but he's taken that to another level uh, for the sport this year. I want to talk about him coming back in a minute, but let's get down to the nature at hand. Some of the bubble teams that you think are in after this weekend are who? Uh, TCU, Ohio State, uh, I've got St. John's, Arizona State, uh, and UNC Greensboro are my last three teams in this, and we've got three conference tournament games that could steal their bids going on today. So those are going to be the most nervous, but some teams have, have uh, Florida got a big win yesterday at LSU. I think they're safely in now. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of teams. This year the bubble is uh, seems to be especially soft, uh, where the committee may find themselves taking teams that don't meet normal standards for at-large teams. And uh, it's the fact that actually some people are still talking about Texas, who's 16-16 and 16, as a potential tournament team, uh, you know, they're, they're barely bowl eligible, let alone NCAA <laughs> tournament eligible. But that tells you that, about the quality of the team trying to crawl onto the bottom of the bracket this year. Jerry Palm joining us on the show. You, you say Texas 16-16. and 16. Why has Shaka Smart been a disappointment? That's a good question. I, I think um, he hasn't been able to build the culture that he had at BCU that made that program so successful. He hasn't been able to build that at Texas yet. Uh, not close enough to the program to know exactly why that is. But, you know, his leading scorer, Kerwin Roach, was suspended. He uh, was suspended earlier this year. Uh, he was suspended one other time in his career. Yet, and that's you know, your, your best player, your leading scorer. And that is an indication that the leadership within the players is lacking. And it's hard for coaches to, to get that changed until you just get new people in there. But um, so perhaps it's recruiting mistakes. Perhaps it's, you know, at some, at times it's been injuries and at times it just has, they just haven't been good enough. And uh, it's been a challenge for him to be sure. Who are the bubble teams that are on the outs? Do you think? Well, I have Creighton, Berman, Belmont, North Carolina State, Indiana, Alabama, uh, Clemson, to name seven. Uh, you could probably throw a couple of others in there as well. But uh, those are all teams that just don't have a good enough overall record or haven't beaten anybody or North Carolina State's uh, a case, a, a very poor schedule, uh, both non-conference, the worst in all of Division One, and, um, and then their overall schedule isn't very good either, and that's something the committee values. So, it's uh, it's been hard uh, to pick, you know, those last few teams for the tournament because 
those standards have been hard to, to find uh, this year. Jerry Palm joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter at JP Palm CBS. Sean Miller, is he on his way out? Boy, it sounds like it, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. it's, he had that speech at the end of the senior day, uh, basically sounded like a goodbye speech. And uh, although he later denied that, it sure sounded like a goodbye speech. I have a feeling that it, he must at least feel like his days are numbered. Well, because it, it's very tough, it's very difficult to say because it's, it's 17 and 15, right? Yep. And listen, I can't call the guy what a lot of people are calling the guy. He, he, they, they brought him back. I know that there's allegations. I can't say it. It, it, it's, I can't do it. But if you're doing some of those things that you've been alleged to do, and you're winning, hey, you can look the other way. Some ways, it's just the truth of it. But if you're doing those things, and now you're 17 and 15 at a school that's supposed to do pretty well at basketball, I have no, I have no argument against you. I have no argument to keep you around. So for Sean Miller, why does it go this way when he heads to Arizona where everything starts to trend up? We've seen this with, again, Shaka Smart, and now we see it with Sean Miller. Yeah, but Sean Miller had, you know, had took over a program that was in great shape and kept it rolling for quite some time. You know, it wasn't until the feds got involved that things started to unravel for them a little bit. You know, recruits bailed. Um, there was a fear of NCAA sanctions, which have not come, uh, and in part because the NCAA was restricted by the FBI from doing their own investigations uh, for a while. Uh, and only recently did the FBI give them the okay to do that. So those sanctions may yet come. Uh, but I think that, you know, once that cloud started hovering over the program, it became harder to maintain the success that, that we've seen from them. Who's done the best job of coaching in 2018-2019 in that you've seen? <clears throat> well, I gave my vote for Coach of the Year to Kelvin Sampson at Houston, who's done a tremendous job. Uh, resurrecting that program and getting it to the level that they're at this year has been uh, remarkable. Uh, They were not picked to win the league. That was UCF, and UCF is still a pretty good team, but Houston has had an amazing season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also put Chris Beard of Texas Tech on my ballot, one of the two coaches whose team's unseated Kansas uh, 14-year Big 12 championship streak, and then Matt Painter of Purdue, who won the Big 10 regular season this year after losing four senior starters. What's it take for a coach? Because my alma mater has a guy who was good in the conference, went to the Big Ten, did not do well, came back, and I'm at the I'm at the tournament just yes two days ago, and I'm watching it go on, and they get hammered by a top twenty team. So I can't be that upset. But a couple of people start whispering in the ear, and I think some other people go through this as fans, Jerry, where maybe they didn't go to great big land grant state schools, whatever. They went to mid colleges you bring guys who come back is there a fear when you bring guys who come back that they've made their money in a big conference they come back here they might not be as hungry and then get passed up by other coaches who are willing to hit the ground running and be able to go out and grind out those recruits well i don't know i mean i think we've seen coaches it's unusual by the way for a coach to go and then come back and by the way can i ask who you're talking about oh oh akron Oh, Akron. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, their coach went to uh, uh, Illinois, uh-huh. uh, struggled there, as seemingly every coach has since, I guess, Bruce Weber. Yeah. Um, and then uh, back to Akron. But then, you know, you go back to Akron and you're kind of starting over, right? I mean, it's, it's going to take a while to get Akron back uh, to competing in the, in the MAC, but he's had success, knows how to do it. So I, I wouldn't give up on him yet. He hasn't been there that long. Well, that, that's the thing. Around. 
Because I, 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 I'm sitting there, and I got people coming. I'm like, man, this is year two. I'm going, well, it is only year two. And yeah. what Keith Dambrod did for, what, over a decade? I can't just expect every guy to do that because it's, right. it's just not that way. You get a young guy. You try. I would feel, and Jerry, just tell me if I'm wrong, please. I get a young guy. He grinds it out. He has some success. He's going to go. And I just right. hope that I get another guy who's able to do that because I think Keith Dambrot was probably one out of a billion that would probably stay at a school. No offense to my own alma mater, would stay at a right. place like Akron. Well, and that's that's actually what makes the success of Gonzaga so remarkable. Yeah. Because they were that program, and they have survived through a couple of coaching changes until they got, got a guy who's happy to be a lifer there and a fantastic coach in Mark Few. But the... You know, when you see the successes of programs of that caliber, the Tulsa's, uh, anybody, anybody who has a little bit of success, you know, maybe three-year run, four-year run, their coaches are gone. And then the next hire has to come in and, and try and keep things going. And, and you're one hire away from being at the bottom of your league. I mean, that's – and it doesn't take long. This is actually true at major conferences, too, but you see it more in the smaller conferences. You're, you're one hire away from being right back down on the bottom and having a long rebuild to get back. It takes a lot longer to get back up than it does to go down. Jerry Palm joining us on the show. Thank God for making me feel better, Jerry. Uh, Jerry, (laughs) when we talk about Zion Williamson, and I wanted to get into this next, you know, if he wanted to make a ton of money, I think he picked the right spot. I think if he wanted to make money now, he could have played in China. He could have played in Europe, could have done one of those things. It yep. wasn't like he picked some mid-major school. Duke's a brand. Nope. N- yep. Nike's a oh, – if, if you disagree, go ahead. I, I no. just feel, hey, if, if we want to start paying players, fine. But I think we're picking the wrong martyr in Zion Williamson. Yeah, and, you know, he got hurt in that first North Carolina game, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, shut him down, shut him down, shut him down. You don't understand. <laughs> when you play for the love of the game, <laughs> you're not shutting it down for money. You love – he wanted to play college basketball. He wants to be with his teammates. Why would you criticize him for that? I can't. You know, uh, I can't. He, he knows the physical risks involved. He loves his team. He loves his teammates, and he loves the college game in, in particular. He just loves playing. Let him play. I'm not an NBA guy, personally, which is weird that I cover college basketball and pay almost <laughs> no attention to the NBA. Um, but I, it, my job gets in the way. That's part of it. Um, but it's just a different game, too. I might yeah. actually watch the NBA to watch him because he's so different than everybody else. Well, Jerry, to the, the other thing is, too, when that shoe breaks, hey, I'm not Sonny Vaccaro over here, but it basically <laughs> guarantees him a contract with Nike. You can't let him go anywhere else if he right. gets picked number one because that's the first thing you bring up. That's the first right. thing. There's the trash shoes. You can't do that. Yeah, so right. Exactly. I, I felt it was like, man, I know everybody, and DeMarcus Cousins got a big got upset about it, and, and I'm thinking, man, I, if you really want to use a poster board, like John Morant's probably going to go top five, and he's having yeah. a wonderful year at Murray State. Well, Murray yeah. State now they've—I think they've had a pretty. You would know better than me a pretty decent program, but it's yeah. not like he's playing at Duke for Grant. Yeah, so it's not like he's playing a Duke. So right. I, I've always just—I've always kind of had that problem. Real quick, are we underrating UNC going to the Final Four? No, they certainly could. Absolutely, they can. It's, Why is uh, no one talking to me about it? Or am I talking I to the wrong people? Well, we're, we're too busy talking about Duke and Zion Williamson. But North Carolina has made a great run since the 30-point home loss to Louisville, which is still a head-scratching event. That, uh, but they've been playing great basketball since then. They've been healthier, which I think helps. And, 
uh, North Carolina is absolutely a potential Final Four team, and they might even still be a number one seed. Man, that's a great point. We have been just talking about Zion Williamson and Duke and everybody. God, that's a great – because it's like, well, UNC, this – You know who's not getting any attention? Tell me. Virginia. Gonzaga. You know, Uh Virginia and Gonzaga are not getting any attention. We're all talking about Duke and Carolina. Nobody else is getting any attention. Is that a media hangover from last year, or are we just not that excited about Tony Bennett? No, I think the media just loves Duke Carolina, period. And so when you get compelling characters like Zion Williamson, it just ratchets it up a notch. I – I'm a Purdue guy. I could care less about Duke and Carolina. <laughs> you, well, you know, but I just, I'm, you know, it's, it's not appointment television for me, except for this year because of Zion. <laughs> yeah. And then he well, doesn't get to play. Jerry, you know this, and I, I'll just call myself out on it. I'm like, yeah, I watch more college basketball than I have in the last decade plus. But you're a guy who covers college basketball. I mean, you cover college basketball. How much easier is it for the regular guy to just talk Duke, North Carolina, and not actually roll up their sleeves and talk about Virginia and Gonzaga and Tennessee and so on and so forth? You know that, Jerry. I love Tennessee, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think that's. A, I love that team. I think uh, you know Rick Barnes has done a great job building that program back up. They're veteran guys, and uh, Grant Williams is one of the best players in college basketball. And I would say, don't sleep on them. Jerry, I know you're insanely busy. Thank you so much for the time. All the best, my friend. All right, thank you. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, at JP Palm CBS on Twitter. Fantastic stuff by him. Oh, I'll full on admit it. When we say we've watched more college basketball, myself, I've watched more Zion Williamson. I've watched more UNC. I have watched Virginia. Tennessee, I can't get them off the television. So I've watched more of them. But it's not like what Jerry watches. And I'm sure he was thinking the same thing. 855-2124-CBS. We fix baseball in 40 minutes. Up next, you want to give the players a couple of bucks? Fine. You picked the wrong martyr to do it. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.